Well, good morning, Thrive Church. How's everybody doing this morning? The best day of the week. How are you doing this morning? Great worship time. I love that song. Hallelujah. I don't know if you know this, but that word is universal. It's a universal word, and it is the highest form of praise. And so that is one of those words when you are praising out to God. Hallelujah. Can we do that right now on the count of three? One, two, three. Hallelujah. We are giving God the highest form of praise that he deserves. Glad you're here this morning. My name is Sheldon Miles. I'm the pastor of this awesome church. I'm so glad that you're connecting with us this morning. I want to welcome all those in the 715 area code who are checking us out online. We're glad that you are here with us this morning. Today is a special day because we have a person on our team. It is their birthday today. You don't always see this this person, but he's the one. He has, I'm going to tell you this, he has the most power in this room. And he's our tech director, Michael Chang in the back. Give it up for Michael. Michael, happy birthday. I hope you have a great day today. I also want you to know this. We're excited about our neighbors next door, uh, Community Partners uh, Center, and they are renovating the building next door, and we are working alongside of them. But I want you to know that there's going to be, in the next months, they're going to be doing some construction and their fence line may be moving. It may be moving towards our parking area. And so I just wanted you to be mindful. I'm going to ask all of our volunteers. There's going to be some parking spaces along this side of the building over here. But also, I want to let everybody know that there's parking that's available over here. We've had some good parking issues here lately. They're getting packed. But I just wanted to give you some direction um, moving forward. And, and again, I just want to talk about last week's Easter extravaganza. And I just want to just give another shout out to all of our serve team who made that happen last week. You did such an awesome job. And we are excited about our serve team who's going to step up to the plate for the, this event called the Moving Experience. I want to get right into my message today. We are starting a two part sermon series called Ready ready. I think every single one of us needs to be ready. And, and I, I want to be talking about here in the next, in just in two weeks, I'm just, it's going to be a, a short sermon series, but we're going to talk about being ready for end times. And I know some of you are like, two weeks, two weeks, man, we, there's so much that you could cover. Yes, yes, but I, there's just one part of the end times that I really think we need to acutely be aware of. Because if we get this one part, the first part right, we're not gonna have to worry about the other parts, okay? So I'm not gonna spend a lot of time about the other parts. I really wanna, I just really, this first part is so important. And that's where we're gonna spend a lot of our time and energy. And I know that there's a lot of confusion about when it comes to end times. As a matter of fact, there's a, these two pastors. I don't know if you heard about these two pastors, and, and, uh, and they, were, they, they were just so concerned that they, they were holding up signs on the street, and, they, and then it said, Be, beware, the end is near. The end is near. Be careful, be end, the end is near. When, you know, some people are like these religious nuts. Get off the streets, you religious idiots. Da, 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 da. And, and they looked at each other, and all of a sudden you hear his car goes into the water. Two pastors 
looked at each other. You, you suppose maybe we should change our signs that say the bridge is out? <laughs> All right, there you go. <laughs> Confusion. <laughs> Confusion. There's something for you to think about there. This, this event that I'm going to talk about today, I mean, you talk about world events that take the world, catches the whole world's attention. This one event is going to be the ultimate event that catches the world by surprise. People are asking, is the beginning of the end near? Jesus says this in Matthew 24, 44. And by the way, I want to encourage you to follow along in your sermon notes. And today, will you just give me permission to teach you? This is one of those topics where you kind of need to think, you need to process it in here and then let it trickle into here. And then when it, it trickles into here, it begins to affect how you live. So I'm going to teach you today. I'm not going to preach. I'm going to teach you this morning. But Jesus, listen to me, Jesus thought this topic was pretty important. He says this in Matthew 24, verse 44. He says, you also must be ready. Everybody say, be ready. No, 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 you, you need, listen to me, you need to be ready. Not just today, not just tomorrow, but you need to be ready all of the time. For this thing that we're gonna talk about, you need to be ready all the time. For the Son of Man will come and when least expected. What in the world is he talking about? He's talking about this thing Maybe you've heard it before. Maybe you've read it in sci-fi magazines. I don't know where, where you've heard it. Maybe grandpa talked about it one day. Maybe your parents talked about it. Maybe you heard it through somewhere. But this thing called the rapture. Have you ever, how many of you are familiar with that, that phrase, the rapture? It really, the word rapture really means to be taken away by force. A force comes and, and takes away. And Jesus puts us all on notice, Talk to, talking to his disciples, but he's speaking to us today, that he is going to return again. Remember, return again. Some of you are like, well, when did he come the first time? Well, remember Christmas, a few months ago, we celebrated Jesus' arrival to earth in a little town called Bethlehem. That was his first coming. And just as there was a first coming and there was prophecy hundreds of years before that said there will be a first coming. There's also prophecy in the Old Testament and the New Testament that he will come a second time. It has not happened yet, but it will happen. Now, the word rapture, if some of you are looking through the Bible, it's, like, it, it, it's not in there, but it's the word, it's the idea to be taken up into the sky. So I... I remember when, when I was a kid, uh, we, we went to a church similar to, to Thrive Church, and, and, uh, and I remember they used to show this old 70s movie. Maybe some of you have, have seen this movie, A Thief in the Night. How many of you have seen that, that movie? And I was, first of all, I was blown away that they're showing a movie in church, okay? That was pretty cool. But I was just blown away as they just made this movie about the rapture and it happening and what the effects that would happen afterwards. Well, well, they have since made a, a, another movie series. In fact, a, a person wrote a book, a, 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 a series of books, a novel 
to on, on the book called Left Behind. How many of you have ever read the Left Behind series? I have a friend who was full-blown atheist, full-blown atheist, if not agnostic. And somebody turned him on to the Left Behind series and now is a Christ follower because of what he read in the Left Behind series. But I remember as a kid, after watching this movie, I remember just as a young man coming home from school and like, hey, mom, where are you doing? Hey, mom. And mom's not around. Hey, mom, where are you, where are you, where are you at, mom? And checking out all the rooms, going into, into mom's bedroom, and there would be a pile of clothes on the floor. And thinking, if anybody in this house goes to heaven, mom deserves it. <laughs> but maybe, did I miss the rapture? Maybe have one of those rapture moments before. Okay, I am not alone. I'm not alone in this house, okay. This is not in your notes, and I, I missed it. I missed this passage. Write down, just write down Luke 17, 26 through 27. Jesus talks about this topic, and he kind of gives us a little forewarning, okay? We don't know when it's going to happen, but there's some forewarning. He says, Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will also be in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. The days of Noah. It will be like the days of Noah. What was the, the, the days of Noah? If you know the story of Noah, we know that uh, the whole world just went into full-blown perversion and sin, outright sin, and a total disregard for God. And so there was this, there was a lot of unbelief. As a matter of fact, God, Noah was a righteous man, and, and, and God came to Noah and said, Noah, I want you to build an ark, because there's going to be a great flood, and you and your family are going to be saved. Well, it takes belief. Trust me, it takes belief to hundreds of years to build an ark in a desert, takes belief. And all of these people probably, you can imagine the torment that Noah went through. People walking up like, what are you doing? What is that? They didn't even know what a boat was, an ark. But there was unbelief in the days of Noah. There was also ungodliness. There was sin and corruption and perversion like no other. And again, that's why God, God moved to do this. And then, and then there was the unconcerned the people were completely unconcerned about their spiritual lives. They had completely lost the significance of having God in their lives. So let me, let me just backtrack here. Unbelief. We look at today's society and we see that more and more people are moving away from belief in God. There is an ungodliness. And again, we need to, uh, and there's, it's not an argument. We just need to turn on the channel today, turn on the news, and, and we see ungodliness. We see things that are happening to people and we're, our hearts are saddened. And then we see a lack of concern because people have lost the significance of God in their lives. But we know that Noah was Noah and his family, they were saved from this flood, from the ark, because of their belief. And I believe that just as Noah and his family were saved from the corruption of man, one day 
Jesus is going to return and he is going to save his followers from the corruption and the sin and the persecution that's going to come. So, what do I want to talk about today? I, I, I could talk, I could do sermon series all summer long, all spring, all summer long on this topic. But I tried to pick out just the bullet points. What, if you know nothing about the rapture, what do you need to know? Follow along in your notes. What do you need to know about the rapture? The first thing is I, put in, I was putting these together, these notes, and I was thinking, what, what, what is somebody who has no idea what I'm talking about here? But it, it, I, what would I, what, how, would I, how would that person think? And I'm sure that that person would think, maybe that's you. This guy is whacked. This guy is crazy. Okay, what in the world is he talking about? Where did he come up with this idea? And I would say, so my first point is, it's legit. No, I'm serious. This is legit. This is not something that, you know, our, did a denomination come up with this? Where did this kind of man made this idea? I want you to know. Listen to me. How many of you have your Bibles? Would you hold up your Bibles? Even hold up your phones. I know some of you use your phones as, as your Bible. I want you to know that what I'm talking about this morning comes from what is in your Bible. And I, and I would just encourage you to to look at these notes and say, is this really in here? How many, of you, how many of you do that? That's a great thing to do. Is it really in there? Take what's here and look it up in your own Bible and see it's in there. It's legit. In 2011, Pew Research discovered, they did a, 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 a study on this. They discovered 41% of Christians believe Christ will return before the year 2050. So there's a lot of people who, yeah, yeah, this is legit. It is mentioned throughout and frequently in the Bible. Now, check out some of these, these numbers here. It's 1,845 8, 1, different biblical references on the topic of end times. Jesus mentioned it 21 different times. The New Testament referenced the second coming 318 times. In 23 out of the 27 books in the New Testament, this whole idea end times is mentioned. Within every, it's within one in every 30 verses in the New Testament. It is emphasized in 17 of the Old Testament books. And for every prophecy, about the first coming of Jesus, there are eight prophecies concerning his second coming. So I, so I just point that out to you this morning to, to show you this is legit. Like this isn't just some freaky idea that somebody came up with. This is in your Bible and Jesus speaks about it. And I want you to know, morning, know this morning, listen to me, if the rapture is important to God, it should be important to you. It should be important to you not only for your eternity in heaven, but for the people in your lives. This should, listen to me, this should rise up. If you're a Christ follower today, this should rise up within you a sense of urgency. Everybody say urgency. This is, this is urgent. Especially because when you, you watch the news and you hear news broadcasters say, oh, we've never seen anything like this before. I, I, you just hear that a lot more lately. Okay, number two. You need to know about the rapture. It's without warning. 
It's without warning. Matthew 24, 36, Jesus tells us that the timing is top secret. Now, I just wonder why the, the top secrecy of this. And I wonder if we knew. I, my dad really used to love to study end times theology. And my dad, you know, he would come up to me. He, I was in, in studying, um, I was in Bible college. My dad, like, I know you're not supposed to guess. However, <laughs> I think the Lord's going to return. Da, 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 da. I remember this book when I was a kid, now, 88 Reasons Why the Lord is Going to Return in 1988. How many of you remember? Anybody heard of that? We, and, and then I think he, he had a sequel, 89 Reasons. And then, so, I, so no one knows. Jesus says this, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the Son of himself, only the Father knows. Only God knows. And I just, I just really think it needs to stay that way. I think if we are ready, we, we're ready, so we don't really need to know. Jesus tells us this in verse 42. So, because no one knows, you too must keep watch. In other words, you, must, you should have an awareness. If you're a Christ follower today, or even if not, wherever you are in your faith journey, you should have an awareness of this situation, this prophecy that is still to come. You should be aware of this. You should be concerned because you don't know what day that your Lord is coming. Isn't that interesting? You, we don't know. I like surprises. I kind of wish I knew, but we don't know. 1 Thessalonians 5, and in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 5, Paul talks a lot about this subject if you want to study it more. But he gives us an illustration to describe how unexpectedly this will happen. And he says this. He says, now concerning how and when all of this will happen. Dear brothers and sisters, we don't really need to write you because nobody knows. For you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly because nobody knows. And we have signs of things that will be happening in the world, but we don't know. But I like this, this, this illustration. I love when, when God gives us illustrations. He says, when he returns, it's going to be like a thief in the night. Anybody ever been robbed before? I hate that. I hate that. You, when you, somebody snookered you or somebody stole something. You know why? You, you, it's, you, I've heard of people like they go into shock. When they're talking to the police officer, like, I, 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 I came home and, and was just gone. My whole house emptied. Because they never expected it. They never saw it coming. And I think that's the point that Paul is trying to say. Like, it's it just like a thief. You never saw it. You, you had no idea, and you came home like, oh, my word. What happened here? It's so unexpected because you're not looking for it. You're not looking for it. Number three, it's going to be sudden. It's going to be sudden. The events of the rapture will happen instantaneously. The Apostle Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 15, 52. He said, it will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. 
So I, I, I studied that. How fast is the blinking of an eye? Well, I, I read this. It says a, the average person blinks every four seconds, okay? 15 times per minute, over 20,000 times a day. Each blink lasts about a tenth of a second. Tenth of a second. That fast. I did this because I cannot snap my fingers. Is that the weirdest thing? I cannot snap my fingers. Somebody help me out. Ready? One, two, three. Just like that. Yeah. Thank you. No, no, no. I didn't do it yet. You got to work with me. I don't work with you. You're having coffee with a friend. Join a conversation. Da 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 da. And all of a sudden, gone. <laughs> gone. And, and, now, and now, multiply that by a world scale. We'll talk about that here in a few moments. Gone. Those who are in Christ will, will, be, will be taken up into heaven. See, I, I want you to know, rapture is not the second coming, and we'll get to that here in a minute. It's the beginning. Jesus will come into the sky, and people will meet him there. They will be coming. In, in just a twinkling of an eye, in a blink of an eye, gone. Number four, what do we need to know about the rapture? It's going to be Spectacular. Spectacular. I, I, you know, it's, you, we, I don't know, we have to use some imagination or what, but Paul talks about this in 1 Thessalonians 4. He speaks exclusively on this topic. He says this in verse 16 and 17. He says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First the believers who have died will rise from the graves, then together with them, we who, who are still alive and remain on earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. This is going to be spectacular because you have God's Son coming. Now think about this. God is fully engaging himself into the events of the world, and we will see it. There will be a commanding shout. I, I, I kind of wonder about this part here. I'm not sure exactly what this means, but, it, but he says there will be a commanding shout from the, the voice of the archangel, and there will be a trumpet call of God. It's going to be loud. How many of you have seen that? I think it's a Lexus commercial or Audi commercial, and that lady is sitting in her car, and she's got this junior high orchestra that is playing and it really sounds like a junior high orchestra playing really loud, okay? And she slowly rolls up the windows and puts her seat back and she can't hear it anymore. I wonder if it's gonna be just like that loud. I don't know. But have you ever heard a, how many of you ever heard of a, heard a sonic boom before? We used to live in Dayton, Ohio, and that's where Wright Pat uh, Air Force Base is. And I remember on 9-11, like on 9-11 that day, like everything, there was so much air, there was so much air activity flying in and out of, of, of Wright Pat Air Force Base. And, and, and so it was a clear day, just crystal clear and beautiful. And all of a sudden, I'd be ready for it, it was just a boom. 
<laughs> what the world? You, you didn't hear anything but just this huge boom, sonic boom. And, and I just wonder, is it going to be a sonic boom multiplied times? I don't know. But have you ever been, you knew there was a storm coming up, but you didn't realize how close it was. And you hear this massive thunder in the middle of the night. Boom! Spectacular. Just kind of. And at that moment, those who are in Christ, listen to me, listen to me those who are in Christ will meet the Lord in the sky. I remember when I was in, in college. <laughs> when I was in college, well, not in college, but when I was a youth pastor, and I used to go to this, this Minnesota uh, camp, and they had this thing, and I, I think they have it at Spencer Lake Camp. They had this thing called the Blob. How many of you know what the Blob is? Well, they, we used to have team contests, and we used to find, they would say, okay, find the biggest counselor and find the smallest person on your team, the smallest student. And the smallest student would get out on the end of that blob. And then you would get the biggest counselor to jump onto the blob, and all of a sudden, when it hits the blob, that student just, whew, we called that rapture practice. <laughs> you can see right here, rapture practice, okay? All right. Are you ready? Go! Are you ready? Go! Ah, just joking. Then come back down. Rapture practice. This moment is going to be spectacular. Let me continue on here. here. Here's the kicker, okay? This is an exclusive event. The word inclusive means everyone is invited. Every, everybody can participate. Anybody, anybody and everybody can happen. Understand this, that, that Jesus, the reason why he talks about be ready, be watching, be looking, be ready. Be, be ready for what? Be ready because this is an exclusive event. The word exclusive means it is for a select group of people only. The Bible makes that very clear. Let me, let me illustrate this. And I could not find it. It's still in one of our boxes uh, from when we moved two years ago. But I, I don't know if you know this about me, but I am a, one of many proud owners of the Green Bay Packers. Did any of you? I don't know if you knew that. I know. It's pretty impressive. And each year I receive an email, which I'm quite confident many of you do not receive, because you're not an owner. I receive an invitation, even by mail, I receive an invitation to attend the owner's meeting <laughs> at Lambeau Field. Many years I have submitted my speech as an owner, but they have not yet allowed me to speak in front of all of the owners. So each year I get invited to an owner's meeting. I've not yet have attended an owner's meeting, but I am allowed to attend. All I need to do is show my little fancy schmancy invitation, and I'm allowed into Lambeau Field where you are not because it's an exclusive event. And have I made my point yet? Have I boasted about myself here too much? Have I got carried away? Because sometimes I do that. You, did, did you catch what I'm saying? If you don't have the certificate, 
if you're not in Christ, that's not you. Then all of a sudden, if that's not you, then all of a sudden the things that happen afterwards all of a sudden become very relevant and very real. I'll talk about those here in a minute. 1 Corinthians 15, 23, the Apostle Paul tells us who this select group people are. He says, then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. He doesn't say, then all people will be. Listen to me. Paul says, only those who belong to Christ. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean, to belong in Christ? Paul reemphasizes this in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. He, he says multiple times, he talks about this group, the believers. The believers. Who, who are the believers? Who are those who belong to Christ. A person who believes in Christ not only has, has made the declaration, I believe in Christ. Back in those days when you believed in someone or you believed in something, it showed up in your life. It's not a matter of do you believe it? Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I believe Jesus. Yeah, whatever you're saying. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, yeah it could happen. And no, no, that's not what it's talking about. That's to have an understanding. But to believe in means you go all in. To believe in. For God so loved the world that whosoever believes in him. That means to go all in with your life. Heart, mind, soul, and strength. Jesus says that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord God your heart, with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. To believe in him. So for those who believe in him, for those who declare the name of Jesus, and they've invited Jesus into their lives to be, to be number one, to be forgiven, to recognize that they are sinners and that they need the forgiveness of God in their lives, that they are born again, and Jesus talks about this, uh, about what it means to be born again, to be a follower of Christ, not just somebody who's interested in Christ, but somebody who follows him. And somebody who is saved, we talked about this last week, what it means to be saved, that I need Jesus. Jesus is the only one. Through his grace and mercy, he's the only way that I can be saved. For those are the ones that Paul is talking about here. Again, Jesus tells us himself. Listen to what, listen to what Jesus says here in Matthew 7, 21. He says, just not everyone I think every person needs to hear this scripture verse. Because he says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. I hope that that captures our attention. Every time I read this, it captures my attention. That not everyone who claims to be a follower of Christ is a follower of Christ. This is... This is not an issue between you and I. This is an issue between you and the Lord. Only you know if you are secure in Christ or not. He says, only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. 
Jesus tells us right here that there are many people who think they're secure and they're not. That's really profound. But please understand, I hope that that does not breed in you a spirit of insecurity because we can be secure. We can have our security in Christ in our eternity. Jesus tells us that it is a reflection of how we live. We know we are secure by how we live. A Christ follower, number one, knows Jesus. I want to ask you this morning, do you know Jesus? Not do you know about him. Not do you have an understanding, but do you know him? Let me, let me illustrate this. So uh, when we lived in Green Bay, we, we saw a lot of uh, Packer players. And, and one time I saw Aaron Rodgers. So I, could, I, could, I, I, know, I, I know it was Aaron Rodgers because I know who Aaron Rodgers is. I know Aaron Rodgers, Right? But the reality is, I don't know Aaron Rodgers. I recognize him. I believe, oh, yeah, that's him. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I don't know him as a friend. That's what Jesus is talking about here. Not that you know about him, but that you know him as a friend. Do you know Jesus? And if you, because if you know Jesus, you begin to live like Jesus. I'm not talking about you, you become a perfect person. But all of a sudden, God begins to transform you. You see, what happens is when you know Jesus, when you become a believer, God puts his spirit inside of you, and he begins to transform you. The word is sanctification. He begins to mold and shape you into this new person, and you begin to live like Jesus would have you to live. And all of a sudden, you, your life becomes all in. Look at your neighbor and say, all in. Heart, mind, soul, strength. Jesus. And all of a sudden, you just begin to live your life out like, you know what? I used to live my life like I want my will to be done. And since I've met this Jesus guy, he's changed everything. Now, all of a sudden, I just want his will to be done in my life. That's what it's like to know Jesus. So I just ask you today, how about you? Do you know Jesus? You need, what do we need to know about the rapture? We need to understand that it's in order. Let me just touch on a couple of things that are gonna happen here. And, and again, this is instantaneously, instantaneously, instantaneously. I can just I hardly imagine, but, but it says here in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 18, Jesus will return. He will descend with the trumpet of God, as I talked about before. And at that moment, the dead in Christ will rise up from their sleep, and they will meet him in the air. And then all of a sudden, these, pe these people who had died, they will ha no longer have these dead bodies, but they will have new bodies. They will have heavenly bodies. And all those who belong to Christ will be snatched up into air to meet him and he will take us up into heaven and there's gonna be this mass reunion. I look, I so look forward to the day that I look at my dad without his Parkinson's filled body that I remember him having. 
I so look forward to the day I lost three or four years of being able to have conversation with my mother because of her dementia. Oh, we used to talk all the time. Even when she passed away a year or two later, I would think, I need to call mom and tell her. Oh, that's right. Oh, I look forward to the day where that dementia is gone. And I look at my mom and we laugh. My mom and I used to laugh a lot together. I look forward to seeing my sister whose life ended way too soon. I look forward to seeing them in their heavenly bodies. I look forward to that reunion. Why why is the rapture so important? It's the beginning of the end, as I talked about before. If you've ever played dominoes before as a kid, you kind of set up one domino and then the next, 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 okay? And so you're just waiting. The rapture is like that first domino. It's like that first domino, and when that one goes down, all of a sudden these other things begin to fall in place. And here's kind of the other things, and just briefly. First of all, just imagine the world chaos that is going to happen. Just imagine there are millions of people gone. Imagine some of those people are driving vehicles, semi-trucks, Some of these people are flying airplanes. They are operating heavy equipment. Imagine the chaos that is going to happen at that moment. People who are in such important roles that we can't live without them, that government officials, business leaders, medical professionals, gone. People that we go to where all the answers, gone. Imagine the emotional impact that some people will have when suddenly realize a spouse, a parent, a child, a friend, a loved one, a colleague is gone. Just imagine, I just want to watch the news. I so want to watch the news as they try to explain this. Alien invasion. I don't know. I just want to know how man comes up with this. Consider the horror that people who knew about this and understood, grew up, understood, yeah, the rapture. And they realized they were left behind. Thinking they were ready, but not having a knowledge of God, but not knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior. And then, and then there will be what is known at that moment as the dominoes begin to fall, this will start this great time of tribulation. It will happen for seven years and there will be just, the, the, the Bible says that there will be three and a half years of peace and then three and a half years of destruction. I, I let you read on with that. But there is, a, you hear about this, this person, the Antichrist, and yes, This person, one person will rule the world because one person will have the answer to all the problems that have been arisen. And this person will come across as a man of peace, a man who has all the answers. And then we will find that he will be a dictator like no other dictator has existed before. More to learn about this. We will, you'll understand, here please understand this, that those who are left behind, there will be a second chance that there will still be a time 
for you to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the, the scriptures tell us that those people will go through persecution. It will be very difficult for you to make that decision. Lots, lots of more that you, can, you, you study about that. I'm just touching on it. There will be this, at the end, this massive battle of Armageddon. You've heard that phrase before. Many of you, they made a movie, Armageddon. And it will be chaos, and it will be man against angels, and it will be crazy. And then Jesus will come, the second coming of Jesus. And then we will all stand before either a great white throne or we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Let me continue on here. It's something to be excited about. Paul tells us, 1 Thessalonians 4, 17, 18, then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on earth, we will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. This is exciting. Listen to me, listen to me. Every person here, here's the reality. If I can get kind of morbid, it's not, but here's the reality. You are going to go either of one of two ways, okay? According to the Bible, you are going to die, physically die. Isn't that great? Somebody like, well, that was the most inspiring message I ever heard. Thank you, Pastor. But the reality is we know that these bodies fade, and one day it will fade away. Or, and my, again, my dad used to study eschatology, and he loved it. My dad so wanted to go into rapture. My dad he would have jumped on that blob multiple times. Rapture practice, catch me. But we will be raptured. You will be raptured. I'm excited about that opportunity. I like roller coasters. I like that upward feeling. I want to check that out. I want to see what this is. But I'm going to tell you this. I'm also concerned there is, when I, when I study this, there is a sense of urgency that rises up within me because I have people in my life who I know do not have relationship with God. And my heart is broken for them. And there is urgency. Listen to me, church. If you are here today, oh, that's wonderful. I just hope that it rises up within you an awareness and a sense of urgency He's like, why do we need to tell the world about Jesus because of this prophecy here today? Last of all, listen to me, church. It is important that we be ready. Listen to the words of Jesus as he talks on this subject. He says, be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning as though you were waiting for your master to return from the wedding feast. Then you will be Then you will be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. The servants who are and waiting for his return will be rewarded. I tell you the truth, he himself will seat them, put on an apron and serve them as they sit and eat. He may come in the middle of the night or just before dawn, but whenever he comes, he will reward the servants who are ready. Understand this. If a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, that would be fun. He would not prevent his house to be broken into. Just let your creativity work with that one. Verse 40. You, 
also must be. For the Son of Man will come when least expected. No one knows. Ready, I was trying to think of an illustration. Any of you have ever been on a cruise ship before? Anybody have been on a cruise before? They're, they're awesome events to go on. And they take you to these, these exotic islands. And they communicate to you loud and clear. The ship leaves at 4 o'clock. Not at 4.01. Not at 4.02. It leaves at 4.01. You need to be ready so that you are on the ship before four o'clock. If you are here at 4.01, you will be left behind. That's, that is the reality of a cruise ship. They, that's actually how they do it. You will be left behind. If we have the awareness, then we, are, we put ourselves in a position to be ready. I encourage you this morning with this awareness. I, again, I hope that, that, that what you heard this morning was a teaching. And I hope and pray that you, I hope there's a part of you that doubts what I'm talking about this morning. I really do. And, and, and I hope that, that you are a, an objective cynic. Because an objective cynic will say, I don't believe what you're saying. But they will take these notes and they'll look deeper themselves. Today, title of the sermon series is, Are You Ready? Do you, do you understand why this is such the pivotal moment right here? Are you ready? Are you ready? This is, this is between you and God. This is not between you and I. Are you ready? And, and so I just ask you right now to just have a conversation with God. God, is there anything in my life that puts me in a position of not being ready? Have you given your heart to Jesus? Have you invited his spirit to come into your life? Have you asked him to forgive you of your sins? Have you pursued to know him? If not, you can make that decision today. Each and every one of you, your, your heads bowed, your eyes closed. Those who are watching online, I just, I just encourage you. It starts with that decision and say, God, I need you. Just say that. God, I need you. I recognize that I am a sinner and I am lost without you. I recognize that you died on the cross for my sins and you rose again the third day so that I can live and have life eternally. I choose today to make you Lord and Savior of my life. God, I look forward to being with you on that day. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, can we just pray a deeper, another prayer right now? How many of you, when you hear a message like this, there are people who pop up in your mind and you are deeply concerned? Will you keep those hands up right now? Oh God, our hearts are broken. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would speak 
to those who are disengaged from you right now. Lord, we pray that you would open the eyes of their hearts. We pray that you would open their ears. We pray that they would open up themselves to you, that they would know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I pray that you would send friends into their life that speak life into them. Lord, I pray that you would give us the words, not even the words, but the heart to love on them. Let them see Jesus in our lives. We pray, Lord, that there would be an outbreak Lord, we pray for this younger generation, Father. There would be an outpouring of your spirit on this generation like never before. In Jesus' name we pray. God, we are looking forward to your return. But, oh, God, we want to see these people with us. It's in your name we pray. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Let's give our king a shout-out this morning.